Record vacancy rates. Let's have a look. Good afternoon, everyone. Florian Heiser here, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my afternoon coffee, and I thought we would have a look at this article from the Daily Telegraph, shared by realestate.com.au, about vacancy rates, highest in record levels. Now, one thing we all have to understand is there's a lot, there's a love, a love for real estate and property in Australia. And honestly, I'm tr struggling to think of another nation where they've become so addicted to property like here. Just look at all the reality television shows where people are, you know, are renovating and making a fortune, how many people are flipping, how many people invest. We're at a point as a nation where 57% of our wealth is in our property. That's either a direct home ownership, investment properties, or property via super funds. So property is a very important part. So when things like access to credit a lot easier because the crash rate falls down and that helps stimulate the property sector that create increases people's perceived wealth and it just flows through to the rest of the economy remember there's never been never a bad time to buy a property property values always go up you can just get renters to pay for your property and rent money is dead money we've all heard these cliches we've all fallen for them i'm sure but what happens now with Record vacancy rates, particularly in these huge developments that we're seeing, these huge developments where you're always competing with other people to get tenants in. What happens now if people need to keep the tenants in to start paying their mortgages? What happens if people start to go in arrears, even with lower cash rates? So let's have a look. Let's look at this article. Let me know what you all think about this. So Sydney rents fall as record vacancies give tenants the edge. Tenants have a closing window of opportunity to get cheap rent, with Sydney expected to shift from a renter's market to one favouring landlords by year's end. Okay. Now, we also remember, a lot of people make the argument that we need negative gearing for housing to keep rents low. To keep rents low. And I'm concerned with that because the, the negative gearing is government intervention into the market, which allows... well which disproportionately encourages people to invest in housing rather than other business ventures. How many people would struggle through the pain, the frustration of a small business when you can just flip houses, when you can just invest in property and make more money? I mean, it makes sense. You can negative gear it if you make a loss. Win-win. Win-win. So that's my concern. We can see here that there's a market. Rents are being reduced because there's a difference in supply and demand. That's what really affects the price of rent. If rents are higher, you know, there's better returns on investment. More people will buy investment properties. More people will build investment properties. That's simple. The negative gearing, I would argue, just overheats it a little bit and steers more investment into that sector as opposed to other sectors. And I would say, I would say, you know, we'll bring up one of my favorite charts and we haven't looked at this one in some time, in a few episodes, I'm just jumping over here, I will bring up, and I got the wrong one, now we'll bring up the Observatory of Economic Complexity, and we're at 59th in the world, the complexity of our economy, we'll look at the Harvard Atlas, and if you're not familiar with these websites, I strongly recommend you have a look at them, because the perception that Australia is this leading edge, innovative nation, is a bit of a joke, really, 
we're not. We're quite a primitive economy. Here we're 90, the ECI ranking is 93rd in the world. So 59th and 93rd in the world. We look at what we're exporting. Now, because you know, money is being pushed into this sector, my argument is that there's less incentive for people to invest in, let's say, more challenging forms of investment, small businesses, manufacturing. That's a hypothesis. You know, discuss it in the comments, guys. What do you think? So, renters currently have the upper hand due to a recent surge in property vacancies that left a record 3.6% of all Sydney rental homes without a tenant last month. Figures from SQM research have shown. There you go. The unusually high vacancies pulled house rents down by an average of 2.7% over the year and unit rents, rents down by 2.5% over the year. I mean, that, that's a decent... You're below our pathetic inflation rate. So your rents are going below inflation, guys. And I'm just checking to make sure this is an article I stumbled upon from last year, just from you know yesterday. So just think about that. Think about that, that the, these investments, your returns aren't even keeping up with inflation. There were even bigger drops in median advertised rent in areas with a high concentration of new housing. Advertised unit rents in the Kellyville Roos Hill area, where 8% of the rental homes were tenantless, dropped nearly 10% for the year. Just think about 8% of the investment properties in that area don't have any tenants. I mean, if you're buying this as an investment for your super fund or just as a simple investment, can you cop that? You're one of those 8% that, that has a, a tenantless property. And then if you get desperate, people are going to start accepting any old person to take their property. Or, as we're seeing now, they're going to start dropping rent. Further north, in Box Hill, close to 1 in 10 properties were vacant, and rents for three-bedroom houses, the main type of rental housing in the area, in the area fell 7.2% annually. I mean, this needs to be taken into account when we've got core logic and everyone's saying property prices are going up, they're going up, they're going up. But is it investment? Because remember, you also have to pay your yearly maintenance on your house. They're not, it's not just put money in there and forget, set and forget. You've got to... So yes. But housing experts warn these conditions won't last long because of a slowdown in new building approvals, which meant tenants would gradually have fewer properties to choose from as the year progressed. Well, yeah, that's true. Building approvals have slowed down, but there's still a lot of stock coming on the market. These are just the approvals. A lot of the projects are underway. So there will be a reduction in new supply throughout the year. A fifth fewer New South Wales homes were approved for construction in November compared to the year prior, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So a 20% decrease and i've done a video looking at these numbers and, and we're going to get some new ones released i think tomorrow and we'll have a look at those and what was shocking was just how sharp the, the drop was in approval for units it was crazy and if we go all the way back not to this chart we can look here at the foreign investment review and i would argue that foreign investment was stimulating a lot of these approvals a few years ago a few years ago so it was overheating the market sydney still has a lot of rental stock working through the system so it's still a tenant's market for now, an SQM spokesman said. Things will get better for landlords later in the year because the stock will eventually get absorbed 
and there will be less new properties available. I wonder if it's also the lack of consumer confidence in the apartment sector now. If more people are wanting to look at housing just to deal with that, that could also be another consideration. He added that the December surge in vacancies was partly due to seasonal factors. Landlords usually struggle to find tenants over the Christmas period, and many agencies shut their door. Sydney has largely been a tenant's marketplace since 2018, when the vacancy rate surpassed 3% for the first time in nearly 10 years. Less than 2% of rental properties were, em were empty for much of that period, indicating a market where tenants had to compete hard for a low supply of listings. Renters advocate Marcel Weaver said tenants' scope to get better rental terms varied heavily by area and property. I just remember when we, before we bought our own place, I think we were looking at some houses and you'd rock up there. This is years ago now, actually. It's probably so long ago it's no longer relevant, but I remember just you pretty much had to have your form filled out and ready and put an offer on the table above the advertised price. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So that, yeah. And I thought, no, nah, no. Nah. The best, best properties will still attract plenty of tenants and there will be a lot of people moving this time of year to start new jobs, she said. In areas with lots of construction, it's a lot different. Realestate.com.au chief economist, Nerida Konisby, said renters would get the best deals in areas like Parramatta and the Northwest, but many face more competition in the eastern suburbs and northern beaches. There are good deals, but you need to be in the right place, she said. So let's have a look. So the most rental home vacancies, there you go, the hills, 5.3%, Upper North Shores, 5.2%, Parramatta, 4.6%, Sydney CBD, 4.8%, Lower North Shore, 39 and Western Sydney, 3.9%. So there we have it, guys. Sydney, the de facto capital of Australia. It'd be fair to call it the financial capital of Australia, wouldn't it? Maybe the business capital of Australia? I'm sure the Sydneyites would love that. One thing I know for sure it is in Brisbane. But nonetheless, record vacancy rates. Could you imagine being one of those 8% not able to get a tenant in your house for a year? What do you reckon? Do you think this will take the shine off property? How long do you think this will last with that continued population growth? Let me know what you think in the comments below. And thank you to everyone for watching. If you're a fan of the channel, please like, share, and subscribe. If you would like to help support us, you can do that via a Patreon where you can make a small monthly donation. We also have the option for you to join this channel on YouTube and make a small, or also make another donation, and you'll receive access to emojis and badges. We have affiliate links for independent reserve for the crypto traders there, and for Amazon and eBay for your consumer purchases. That's where if you make a purchase or transaction, we receive a small commission of the fee you either pay or the advertising charge to the seller. Great way for you to support content creators without incurring any additional cost. We also have an affiliate link for the Brave browser. If you download that, we receive some Brave tokens. And we also have PayPal and our very own merchandise from the Heiser Says website. Go check that out. Thanks to everyone for watching. And I will talk to you all later today. Bye for now.